Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Yeah, welcome to the latest Robins on the Wire podcast. Myself, Michelle Owen and Gregor McGregor. Season's greetings to you. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas. Uh, we're here at Ashton Gate actually recording this podcast today. And we've so much to talk about. We'll come on to the Reading game at the end of this podcast. But we need to rewind a few days back to last week when Bristol City beat Manchester United with Corey Smith's late winner. It's just been an amazing week for the club, hasn't it, Gregor? What's your thoughts on what happened? Absolutely, and uh, yeah, huge, huge game. One of the greatest results in the club's history, and um, I'm still reverberating from that uh, amazing performance. Not, it, it's not just the result, though. They fully deserved uh, what came their way, and I, I mean, I was trying to go through all the players and pick out some of the players who played well afterwards, and it was impossible because, basically, they all were superb, and uh, yeah, just probably their performance performance of the season against um, the best opposition they've, fa- they've faced this. Yeah, absolutely. If you had to pick, though, a man of the match, who would it be? Joe Bryan got it on the day. Would you agree with that? And actually, Joe Bryan getting the accolade on the day has really put the feelers out for him, perhaps, would you say, for the January transfer window? Is that is that a fair thing to say right now? Or do you think that he's going to stay for a while? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would go with Joe for um, man of the match on the day, partly because of his amazing goal, but he also terrorised Damien throughout. Uh, Damien's probably still having nightmares about him. But um, yeah, there were a couple of other standout performances I thought on the day. I thought the front two, Bobby Reed and Patterson, Jamie Patterson, were absolutely fantastic at closing down, working their socks off. Um, Marlon Pack as well. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, absolutely um, fantastic performance in the middle there. Both him and Corey Smith, and yeah, great goal at the end from Corey. And uh, yeah, I just wondered with Corey's goal whether um, he'd missed that chance earlier in the game when yeah, he was Daly determined to get yeah, it, wasn't he? Absolutely. So uh, yeah, maybe he was g'd up for it and it fired him up. In terms of yeah, interesting Brian. Yeah, I mean. I mean, he did so well, but is it a double-edged sword that Manchester United were there watching, the world was watching, and Joe Bryan had one of the best games he's had in a Bristol City shirt? Without doubt, there will have been a lot of scouts there um, because basically a lot of clubs will have come to, come along to see like the Bristol City Stars to see how they would perform against the calibre of players, mm. obviously, that Man, Man United can field. So without doubt, it's going to maybe... Um, add to the suitors for Reed and and Brian, but that's what you want. It's, it's, you want players to improve, you want them to develop, you want the club to improve, and it's part and parcel. Unfortunately, that's the game, isn't it? And um, if the worst case scenario happens and and Joe was to move on, which I don't think is going to happen, by the way, um, I, I think they, he'd be replaced. I, I think I look at the likes of Lloyd Kelly and see him as the next Joe Bryan to come through. So we're not too worried then at this stage that scouts have come down just before Christmas, just before the transfer window opening and have looked at some Bristol City players and thought they might want to take them on in January. Have you heard anything like that because your ear is close to the ground on these things? Um, I haven't heard anything myself and I'd be massively surprised just because if you look at the position uh, Bristol City are in, obviously they want to keep the nucleus of the squad together. They don't want to lose any big players, key players at this stage of the season because obviously it's going to really hamper their promotion chances. After the game against QPR, we asked Aidan Flint about interest um, in himself and other players. Yeah, because he's um, been quite cagey about this before. Mm, yeah, he, and he gave an interesting answer. Um, maybe it was the way the question was phrased to him, though. Um, it was a chap, I think, from a son who said, um, is there the feeling in the dressing room that you guys want to get the job completed 
before like maybe interest takes off from elsewhere um, and and Aidan yeah agreed that it was everybody wants to obviously get promotion and they, mm. they want to do well with Bristol City and um, yeah I, I, I can't see anything happening in January I would completely rule that out I've not heard of anything myself so, so you, do, you don't yeah. think in January there'll be any big departures it's something we'll talk about more in the January podcasts but you don't think that any key players will leave Bristol City I mean for me why would they at this point of the season because many might have championship club interest but there aren't many better places to be than Bristol City right now given their position in the table and okay if a Premier League club comes in then that's that's a different situation isn't it yeah completely agree and you, you just never know I mean Lee said this himself hasn't he that you, you don't know like somebody could come in put 12 million pounds on the table and obviously that probably gets a conversation started upstairs between Mark Ashton and Steve Lansdowne and then they have a big decision to make but I, I just think they'll look at like even a, a huge sum like that 12, 15 million quid and say you know what we'll get 30, 40 million pounds if we get promoted so if we're going to sell him yeah okay we might have to if he w- really wants to go and we'll look at it again maybe in the summer however now it just wouldn't make any sense so, uh, I, mean, I mean, Bristol City can't afford to, to lose key players like Joe Bryan or Aidan Flint right now, can they? If they want this promotion push to go. And I know when we had Lee Johnson on our podcast Christmas special a couple of weeks ago, he said, really, if he had a completely fully fit squad right now, he'd only want to sign one player. Well, it's not a completely fully fit squad. We know that. So how many do you think uh, could, could come in? You know, we'll, we'll know more, obviously, in a couple of weeks, but from what you've heard... And what positions? From from what I've heard, what I've been told, um, it, it, uh, the club wants a central midfielder. Um, there was a lot of links with this guy Liam Walsh of Everton, and in fact, Darren Way um, spoke about him recently as well. And he said that Lee Johnson had basically got um, sort of a character reference from Darren, essentially because. Um, and Darren, him, are good mates as well from when they played together. Worth worth noting that if people don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, Liam Walsh played down at Yeovil Town for a bit under Darren, so he would know him very well. So I, I think that's an interesting one I, I would have thought there's interest there at the least it, he might not come in but certainly interest and he's and a central midfielder he is yeah he's a creative midfielder England under 20 player um, Everton under 23s it's looking very difficult for him at the moment to make the breakthrough there he's been out to Birmingham on loan and it hasn't worked out for him just there but but maybe um, it's not quite the club for him uh, obviously they're under a lot of pressure to get results straight away Bristol City it's a little bit different situation yeah but in midfield you know Lee Johnson has, has spoken about breaking up the sort of spirit of this team and the spirit of this team are often Marlon Pack and Corey Smith in the middle so if he does come here where's he going to play? Yeah that's a that's a really good point. Um, Obviously we're, we're talking in an ideal world where there's no injuries. Sure I, I think if a player like that came in um, I think the idea would be that I mean Liam's only 20 years old he'd, he'd be with one eye on the future I think they'd bring him in and say right you'll get 10 minutes at the end of games here we're not going to obviously break up a winning team and um, we're looking for the long term future there um, with a more creative player coming in and he'll get chances along the way so the QPR game then you were at at the weekend sounds like it was an incredible finish from a side that had only played a few days ago and that had been a big energy expenditure on Manchester United if you like with that terrific grandstand finish but they did it again at QPR they pulled it out of the bag got the point Bobby Reid penalty was it a penalty do you think was it a bit soft I well I think it's a little bit soft because you do get a lot of challenges like that but you need luck you need luck Absolutely, you know, and if you go down like that, you've always got a chance of um, the referee seeing it your way. That's what happened. And arguably, there were a couple of other challenges on Flint, and he did get properly buffeted about by 
the likes of Nedim and Alex Baptiste when he came across. And yeah, the two things that really stood out for me in the game were uh, Aidan Flint being pushed up front. Um, I thought that was sort of a match-changing moment in a way. It certainly gave the Robins more physical presence and he just won so many knock-ons and it just meant that any ball hoisted up became like a half chance because he'd knock it down and then it depended basically whether it fell to Reed or not. Um, and the other thing was, yeah, the way they finished, you kind of alluded to that yourself there. Just, I, I expected them to maybe not be quite so strong in the final 30 minutes, given what had happened during the week. And uh, it was actually the other way around. Uh, Lee Johnson made a good point that um, uh, basically QPR were hanging on. Ian Holloway was the one who probably would have settled for a draw right at the end. So we know the players had the day off on Christmas Day, but if you follow some of them, some of them on Instagram, you'd have seen they've been out and about doing things. Lee Johnson said they had to do something on Christmas Day, something uh, physical, get out, get the heart rate up. We know that from what he said in our last podcast special with him when we chatted to him one-on-one. And I saw on Josh Brownhill's Instagram, he was running around Portishead Marina, so he was out doing things. What do you think about Bristol City having the Christmas day off? Do you think that's the right thing? I do, yeah, actually. I think um, I like managers who think outside the box. They're not going to um, stick with the same rules and the, prescribe the same things year after year. And I think it's just sensible. Give the guys time off. They've just had this huge game against Man United. Um, you need to get that out of the system. And it's not just physically, it's mentally as well. So I think it's a, it's a wise move to let the guys have a bit more time with their family, uh, just do a few little things at home, come in a bit more refreshed. So the Reading game then, what did you make of Bristol City's uh, performance? Fantastic victory again, a gutsy performance, uh, real end-to-end stuff and um, it looked at one stage as if Reading might have snatched a point at there um, near the end when uh, Mo Barrow went through but brilliant save from uh, Frank Fielding to deny him and then uh, yeah, lovely to see Lloyd Kelly um, get on the score sheet at the, at the end then, another one of Bristol City's own as they say and um, yeah, I thought... I thought uh, it was a tremendous goal from Jamie Patterson. I thought the two guys who came on played really well. Um, two little cameos there. Obviously, Patterson came on for the injured Nathan Baker. And that goal was just such quality. Lovely move inside to out. Josh Brownhill cutting inside across to Patterson. Back inside to Marlon Pack. Marlon Pack with a reverse pass into Bobby Reed. Bobby Reed intelligently laying it off to Pato. And wow, what a finish from Pato arcing it into the top corner. Just simply a sumptuous finish. Um, and yeah, also, Corley Woodrow, he, he was fantastic for the 30 minutes he came on. Battled really hard. Um, I was looking at the stats after the game, and he actually had a higher pass accuracy rating than anybody else for City during the game. Uh, and he also made more key passes than anyone else during the game. He set up a couple of really good chances at the end there. And in fact, that's how Lloyd Kelly's goal came about, wasn't it? When he dribbled into the area and he just laid it across for um, Josh Brownhill to shoot, and eventually it falls to Lloyd Kelly to, to smash in. Um, so, yeah, two good cameos there and uh, now looking up the table and towards Wolves and um, <clears throat> first against second at the weekend. Wolves at the weekend then, I mean this is a huge test of where Bristol City are isn't it? Yeah and um, personally this this kind of match really fires me up, gets me excited because I think it's a real test of how good Bristol City are. Um, don't forget they had that amazing 3 all shootout earlier this season up at Molyneux and I'm expecting something very similar again here at Ashton Gate. Um, but we've seen obviously with the, with the likes of the Premier League sides dispatched here, Stoke, Crystal Palace and Man United, that basically City can beat any of these huge teams really and um, I've got absolutely nothing to fear against Wolves and um, yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be a nice little test to show where they are. One thing I would just like to see City improve on and I know obviously this is nitpicking but I, th- I think for any team there's always stuff you can do better and the one thing I would like City to do is I would just really 
Um, I, I just think it would be so incredibly important for them if they could get Matty Taylor scoring. He obviously had a couple of chances against Reading, wasn't able to take them. Um, and if they could get him firing goals as well, then they really, really would be well set. Either way, I think they're, they're showing enough form. And we're talking about sort of like... Uh, something like 10 wins I think in the last 13 games all competitions uh, good enough form really to show that they're going to be right up there come the end of the season under the lights again on the TV Bristol City farewell when that happens but then it's such a tight turnaround there's only one clear day between that and the Aston Villa game how on earth does Lee Johnson prepare his players for that and there will be squad rotation right? Yeah, there will be. And um, I think that's been a real strength of um, uh, Leeds this season, that they've got a, a fairly big squad. Everybody's been used. And I know he's said to us, hasn't he, about mm. um, the versatile players, basically guys who can come in and play a couple of positions. And you, you know what? I think we'll see a couple of players coming back soon. I, I know, actually, maybe it's a little bit too early, but I know Famer Diju is training um, or on the cusp of training again. That's it might, might be a couple more weeks for him, but um, he should be the first to come back. That's really good news. Away from um, the football matches that are being played at the moment in this busy festive period, there's something we'll reflect on more in the next podcast. Good news has come out in the last couple of weeks about Josh Brownhill and signing his future over to Bristol City for the next few years. Yeah, and I kind of think these things kind of come like uh, London buses. And I thought it was really significant the other week when Frank Fielding signed a new deal. Um, and yeah, lo and behold, we've got another one coming along with Brownhill. And I wouldn't be surprised if Bobby Reed signed up as well in the in the near future. We've just done um, an interview with him at the Post, actually, and we asked him in that, and he said no comment uh, about his future. <laughs> he wasn't giving much away. But um, I, I, I would be, I'd be absolutely staggering myself if he didn't renew at Bristol City because things are going so well for him at the moment um, he's got this new position he, mm. uh, he may um, maybe it's a touch strong to say that he owes Lee Johnson a lot but um, certainly there's, there's got to be an element of um, gratitude for uh, kind of moving um, Reed forward and, and turning him into this like out sort of yeah what nine and a half position um, striker who's, who's a live wire at the same time and pressing from the front yeah press is so hard goal poacher certainly an attractive proposition for many many teams so fingers crossed he does sign another contract so Gregor over Christmas you know football journalists have to work pretty hard and you've been all over the country with these games any sort of highlights anything that really stands out for you that you've that you've seen over the last week or so uh, just one maybe on Ian Holloway and you, you might not expect this but um, he was doing his um, post-match press conference after the QPR one all draw and he was uh, going on he, he does like a rant does he and oh I yeah <laughs> he's good value isn't he <laughs> <laughs> he is yeah uh, difficult to transcribe we can tell you that <laughs> but um, yeah he, he was saying about how proud he was as a Bristolian of Bristol City's um, uh, midweek um, win against Manchester United and he singled out Joe Bryan and said as a Bristolian and I thought it was brilliant I was, was yeah. loving seeing him do so well. And I thought that was a really nice touch from him. Um, but just on, on Holloway as well, there was a bit of a weird situation at the end of the game in that we were all writing up our post-match um, stuff that we do, the yeah. interviews, and etc. And he came outside um, onto the pitch where we were all sat and he brought a player out with him and he absolutely let rip into this guy. Um, this I, is within earshot of all the journalists. Yeah, within earshot of all the journalists. But it, it mm. wasn't a, a case of giving him a tick off. Uh, it was more a case of geeing him up. And, and I did notice that there was a lot of effing and jeffing. And, and, a QPR player. Yeah, a QPR player. And uh, and afterwards, it ended with amicable hugs and um, the player in question, who I actually, I'm afraid, I don't know who, who the guy was. I don't think, I think he was a second string player. I didn't recognise him. Um, and he actually ended with um, giving uh, Ian 
Ian Holloway a huge hug and saying that he respected um, what Ian was saying and uh, where he was coming from. And I thought that was actually an example of good man management um, that he could, that this player was willing to take that kind of dressing down. But yeah, at the same absolutely. time, it kind of strengthened their relationship. Um, it's amazing so. the little things you see, isn't it? Round and about at football grounds. Well, Gregor, thanks so much for your time. Uh, a load of fixtures coming up once more as we go through this busy festive period. In the next podcast, we'll of course reflect on them. Gregor will hopefully have some more transfer news for us as he goes out and about to try and find out what's going on in terms of Bristol City ins, hopefully more ins than outs. And of course, we'll be looking ahead to that Carabao Cup semi final against Manchester City. When we come back to you, the first leg will have been played. Uh, Gregor, just before we go, let me get your thoughts on that. What do you think is, is going to happen if they can keep it sort of within touching distance and bring them back to Ashton Gate? Could something similar to the Manchester United game be on the cards when I come back to you and talk to you in a fortnight? I think I think it'll be close, um, like the Man United game. A lot will depend on that first leg up at the Etihad. They, obviously, City have got to really hang in the game, and um, it'll be interesting to see if Manchester City make a lot of changes. Um, whether Pep um, respects the opposition here, and, and I've got a feeling he will do. He'll feel, feel the very it's the semi-final. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I think he will do. Um, and yeah, it'll be a case of whether Bristol City can hang in up there and not lose by too many goals, um, and then yeah, bring it back to Ashton Gate, and then anything can happen. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Try and keep it tight, but so many Premier League t- teams haven't achieved that this season against what so many people are calling the best best team in the world. So, fingers crossed. We will chat after that game, and we'll. Catch you in a fortnight. Robins on the wire.